Better get this show rolling, considering Let's that I've it. held you up for a while. So we're good. We are good. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's the Beer Engine Podcast yet again on uh, that perfect uh, stereo sound coming to your ears flawlessly, professionally, uh, without... Any potential problems uh, that could go? What it, nothing could go wrong after I say that. Right? I think it's going to fall. <laughs> ASMR to creep you out. Oh wow! Oh wow! We have a new guest on the show from Las Vegas. I'm oh, just kidding. Uh, it's, just, it's just Tony. It's just Tony again. Tony, I'm back from uh, the lovely California Central Coast wine country. Um, where I also did enjoy myself some very nice beers, but you got to drink some low intervention wine. It was beautiful, perfect weather. How have you been this week? You know, it's it's winter, so you know, colds and shit go mm-hmm. round. So somebody in the house has got a cold. Tested eight times for COVID, nothing showed up. Jesus. So it's just a genuine, not eight times, but have tested four times in the household. Nothing Michael. has shown up, so it's just a cold. But yeah. It's always draining when somebody's got a cold post-COVID. You're always sort of vigilant, so. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. No, I get you. We still got a few, we still have a few left of our free Biden tests, but we're running low. Soon we have to pay. Yeah, same so. for us. Uh, it's rough. But, uh, you know, Tony, I didn't do as much beer exploration out there as I usually would. We did hit a couple breweries. Um, I actually went to a great bottle shop called Llama Dog um, in Santa Barbara. Um, you can look up this tap list. Uh, I don't know if it's still on there, but they did have Cantillon. Um, they had Cantillon Rosé de Gambrinus on draft, which was amazing. Um, they did have Pliny on draft, uh, which was also a, a dub. Uh, it was a it was a lovely time over at the Llama Dog. Plus, they had a crazy um, bottle fridge of to go beer. Um, where I had to really talk myself out of buying about everything, but managed just to go in and buy to share a, a, a seller maker bottle that we'll probably talk about a little later in the beers of the week time. But it was a pretty solid place for sure. Now, what did you go for with the Pilsners? Did you, or Lagers? Did you go for the Fremont Golden Pills or did you go with the Russian River Velvet Glove or good old fashioned Now, they have pills? turned. This list has turned over okay. since I was there because I had a New Zealand Pilsner from, oh, my God, why well, can't I remember the brewery? But I had a New Zealand Pilsner. Let me see if I, I remember to check it in or not. But it was, uh, oh, man, was it Cellar Maker? I don't think so. It was really, really good, though. So excellent New Zealand Pils I had from these guys. It was from Ennegrin. That's a great lager brewery in Los Angeles, Anagrin. So the Anagrin New Zealand Pills, really tasty. They had a couple things from Anagrin on. Um, it was it was it was a solid solid stop. What would you go for on this list? You going for you going for the Velvet Glow? That's probably what I would choose right now. Yeah, I don't know. Like I've never had any toppling 
Goliath, so might go for some Fire Stoker. Um, mm. Can't go past the ghost. thing is big. Sixteen point six percent. That's a big. That's a big beer. The Toppling Goliath barrel aged smoked Imperial Maple Porter, all the way from Iowa, on the on the draft lines here. Actually, I tell um, you what, I would go for instantly. Uh, I'll give you another guess uh, without any other clues, and I would go for it instantly. That's oh, that's my only clue. Um, yeah. You would go for it instantly. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to be off base here, I think, but I, I, my, oh, my, my favorites here are the, oh, where was it? I just, the Celador. Okay. And, yeah. and, the, and one of the brew labs, maybe the complexity, the Gosa. It's actually a little my further off. down the list. Uh, Firestone Walker. Barrel works. Oh, the the oak aged. Yep. Oak aged Mordred. Yep. The oak aged sour velvet merkin. Oh yeah, that does sound crazy. Um, I didn't make it to the barrel works, even though we were staying at our friend's house, which couldn't have been more than five minutes away from the barrel works. <laughs> um, just didn't just didn't happen. We were we were out too late. So, so um, you. Mentioned yeah. to me earlier when you were taking on this trip that you wouldn't actually be taking much beer and that you would take, be taking quite a bit of wine. Was that still part of your activities, was taking a bit of wine? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, so we did um, – Los Olivos just has all these tasting rooms lining up and down the street. So you bounce between the ones that you like. They're, they're wine. The wine that's very popular there is this very low intervention, um, very dry um, – Is it what's in? Blends. No, no. Uh, I think that's the most intervention you can do on wine, actually, probably. Uh, it's more like um, dry, like a, like a really dry sort of minerally Pinot Noir for, as my best comp would be a good example yep. of these types of wines. Or something like a more dry, maybe more natural tasting, more minerally or tart Cote de Rhone or something like that. Um, now, here's the issue I have with wine. I know you have this with beer. I don't know whether you have it with wine. I'm, my palate's just not that good. No, I fucking suck at it. That's why these wines are good to me because these ones don't taste like anything you've ever gotten at a normal at a liquor store. They're so they're so unique. They remind me of beer in that way because they they remind me more of like saison, but yep. wine, but with grapes instead of wheat. They have that like a lot of them have that like slightly estuary or, or soily quality. I drank one that was straight up fucking horse blanket. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what? All right, this is but, crazy. My question. Oh, that's why I like this this area. Is yeah. it's very distinct tasting. But how do you know what's good? And I don't mean like how do you know when you're getting ripped off and when you're getting value for money? That's my issue with wine. Like in beer, I can taste that I'm getting value for money or I'm getting ripped off. That's the other good thing about this is most of these wines are really not that expensive compared to the wines you would buy in the liquor store. So I I we bought we brought a case home. And I think the most expensive bottle we bought was, I know this is expensive for, for wine, but it was 35 bucks maybe. It's not expensive for wine. 35 no. 40 American for a nice bottle of wine from the winery. You're standing on the you know place where they make it. Um, I thought it was fair. Uh, that's the thing. So even if you are getting ripped off, you're not getting ripped off bad. Where I feel like I can be, I'm easy to rip off is when you give me like 
Cabernet at the grocery store and you, it's prisoner Cabernet and it's $45 or something. And I'm like, well, fuck me. I don't know. I mean, this is, is this good? Yeah. I'm sure it tastes okay, but how much better is this? What's the quality any better than the $15? Um, at least with these cases, whether, whether it's quality or not, okay, the, my palate stinks. I mean, same with beer, right? I bought expensive beer that I didn't like. But uh, I think you can at least say that for what you paid, uh, if you enjoy it, then you're doing fine. You know, yep. I'm not going to claim I'm an expert in wine. But I think I'm at least enough of a, I have enough of a palate to say like, all right, this is a good tasting wine. It doesn't give me a bad headache. It has a natural, you know, quality of grapes in it. So I'm not getting like fed weird shit or any weird synthetic crap. Um, that's pretty much my basis for it. But just like you, Tony, I don't really fucking know what I'm talking about. Although I think you would enjoy these types of wines. I think, I think you are good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you, you're not wrong. I'm sure I would. It's just that, yeah, there's an, I want to say that there's an ignorance on my part or a lack of knowledge. And that's really my concern when it comes to wine. Um, and it's this not, is this is more like drinking beer, where I think you would just be able to drink it and like it instead yep. of having to sit and try to study it. Yep, because it is so distinct. I, I'm telling you, dude. There was one that was a, it was saison, but grapes. I was like, oh, this is this is. It, I mean, it, it's not Brett because they're avoiding Brett at all costs. The, yeah. that, but it was it was estery. I mean, it was. Yeah. Um, it was strong. Uh, uh, you know those qualities. Um, so I think you would enjoy this. Every place does their tasting for 20 bucks. So they take you through like six, seven, eight wines for $20. I mean, it's, it's a fun time. They're, they're pretty, they're pretty good at, they're pretty good, good about it there. And if you get good weather, it's solid. So I recommend it. If you want to learn, if you want to do something different and drink some wine that will at least not like linger with you or have that bad heartburn quality that I often get from, from some wines, I think beer people would enjoy this this sort of wine region. Um, plus, it's just fucking pretty out there, like big map, big green uh, tree lined mountains and everything. Gorgeous. Couldn't beat it. Um, Tony, I want to do this early because we have some topics I want to cover in here. Um, why don't we jump in and do the Discord real quick, huh? Thanks to everyone for posting in our Discord this week. It's uh, if you want to join our Discord, you can click on uh, the little video game thing, uh, controller thing at the bottom of our website. You could send me an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. You could drop us a line on Instagram at beerenginepod or send us a donation, ko-fi.com slash beerenginepodcast. Tony, so Nick Torque has been wrapping up his. Uh, well, actually, let, let me go back a little bit here because uh, I should uh, I should cover some of the nice beers that people drank and some news that we got from folks. So um, this is from Corey, uh, our friend Corey O'Fallon Brewery, a brewery I'm familiar with, um, has filed for bankruptcy protect protection, but will remain option 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 open. Will remain open. Before there is the great Schlafly Pumpkin, O'Fallon was the local gourd standard. Hope they survive. So they have filed for bankruptcy, um, but they have a couple locations. Um, we'll see how many of those stick around. But uh, their beers are, have, have always been solid beers. I can see why they're struggling. 
because St. Louis has evolved so quickly as a beer destination. And they are one of a handful of breweries still that make just a very traditional 2002 draft set of beers and, and bottles yep. that feel have the vintage feel to it now almost. Um, can that survive now without like a really strong point of view? Interesting thing to think about, right? Unless you're maybe a big brewery like Schlafly or something like that, uh, it's tricky to think about or, or have some really you know, huge uh, staying power or name recognition or regional uh, recognition. But these guys always made solid beer that was pretty much straight down the middle. Uh, I think um, I never talked about it here, but a beer that was beloved in this household uh, by both members of the household uh, is the Weech, the O'Fallon Weech, which is a terrible name. It's a peach wheat beer. It had a huge, huge peach flavor. Not a sour peach flavor, but very distinct peach skin flavor that was always very refreshing and, and good. So hopefully they stick around. Um, and then also there was a little bit of Bud Light news from Corey about how they are paying some extra money to frontline employees and wholesaler partners um, for being either... According to Corey, he's right. Either being woke or not being woke. I can't <laughs> tell. And I don't think they know either. So they're just having to pay money now. So, um, I mean, I guess I'm glad that they're paying out any support there. But also we know people who work um, on the lines uh, in the in the tasting, um, not in the tasting room, but in like the test uh, lab area for, for AB at the St. Louis Brewery, formerly on the bottling line. And um they're all unions and, and he hasn't had any issue with, he's not, he doesn't seem super concerned. So we'll just have to see. Um, Max Allotman here, uh, drinking some Jay Wakefield, never in Miami, a boysenberry gosa with vanilla salt. Yeah. It, that sounds good, huh? Yeah, it does. Really has a dark boysenberry color, which is mm-hmm. delicious. And from what I know from your love of Jay Wakefield, that sounds like a delicious beer. I like this. I, I actually like this from Wakefield. This looks not thick, yeah. I'd say. Um, looks, looks quite tasty. I would absolutely be on this. I think if you're going to uh, put Gosa on the label, I don't know about you, but I still think to this day the bare minimum is it can't be a thick boy if you're going to put Gosa on the it label. Can't be a thick boy, yeah. You have to call it Berliner Weiss or some shit or, or Florida Weiss or one of them things. Or just, um, just straight up sour. Like, yeah, yeah, sour, American sour American beer. American sour, like. yeah. Uh, W2s with some jealousy-inducing beer here, the Metropolitan's Maybach Lager. Uh, You know that's good. I love Maybach, dude. Maybach is the the sneaky beer that will get you fucked up. It's it's got a light flavor, but sort of a sweet finish, and um, you drink two of them, and you're sort of going to shake it off a little. Those are usually coming in around a six or a seven, surprisingly. Um, what else we got, Tony? Nick Torque. Nick Torque. Yep. Camping at Lake Samble. Sounds nice. No yeah. car. Walked over to Bridge Road Brewers and drank some B2 Bomber Mach 12 and 13. So let's see if these are on here. Uh, I might have to look these up. Yeah, I think you will. They should be high scorers knowing those beers. I've had some um, B2 Bombers um, and they're... Generally, a Mark Twelve, pretty good. They are big, big boys in Australian beer. Four point one eight 
this is uh, oh the twelfth one was Imperial Belgian Black IPA base with the addition of New World Cryo hops, uh, and they uh, added some Sabro to this too. That's interesting. Ten point one percent. It's a big. It's a big boy. And then um, we got B two Bomber thirteen. Um, which is relatively new, actually, only 46 check-ins. And this one is same idea, I guess. Complex dark malts, fruity Belgian yeast characters, and big punchy hops. Black yeah. Belgian double-spectrum IPA. I would sure, think- you know, black IPA is, like, hot again, so yeah, I'm, um, not sure whether I'm back would- around on it, I guess. I would consider these more, like, they're pushing into, like, um... Like quad IPAs, if that makes sense, like Belgian quad IPA type weird territory, which doesn't sound good, but it is. Trust me, I've I've had them before. I'd be interested on on Nick's thoughts. He doesn't actually give his thoughts on those beers, but yeah, I think to me they almost push into to quad territory. Um, I did take this picture from a place called the Other Room in Los Olivos. There is a beer tap room around the the bend from all the. Wineries. I was just blown away that at a place having lunch and Pliny on draft. I was like, that's a solid pair of IPAs to have floating around is main lunch and Pliny the Elder. Not bad. Yep. And then uh, looks like Nick um, well, uh, has uh, Nick has posted his top ten Victorian breweries. Yep. Tony. But we can uh, see if you agree with these. Yeah, we we go down them right now. Uh, where does 10 start? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Starts at nine, Future Mountain, seven. right? Okay. Uh, three oh, Ravens Nick and I went to. So that that's the honourable okay. mention. We have to do this. Um, sorry for your luck sorry style. A couple style. of sorry, yeah. honourable mentions. Um I didn't get to Black Arts in Williamstown, but Nick's been, of course. And I did get to uh, Bodridgey with uh, Nick as well. Uh, Bodridgey, of course, is uh, famous for that photo of that guy in a extremely oh, loud jumpsuit. Right. Yep. Um, so back to the top ten list. Future Mountain Brewing and Blending have now closed. They yep. do great sours and barrel programs. Uh, we went to those after the side project day at Cowan. It's a pity that their um, tap room is now closed. Holgate Brewing, I've got one of their ESBs in my fridge left. Um, they do um, some old old school stuff, really good. Nick's local, Dayton's Family Brewery. Um, he's got a Dayton's pub right near his house. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Dayton. That's one that I've heard so much good stuff about. I haven't been to their brew house or any of their pubs, but I get their stuff all the time at my local IGA. I've got a barley wine set aside for you. Absolutely delightful. Um, Molly Rose, you know my thoughts on Molly Rose. Great place, great place to sit. Can't wait to take you there. We'll sit out on mm-hmm. the curb, have some marinated olives and drink some sours. La Serene. Haven't been there in person yet because they're closed, currently trying to relocate. Didn't send me any beer, Nick. Um, I know you gave them my address, <coughs> but they were all talk and didn't actually send out any beer, so perhaps they need to be dropped down a peg or two, but still amazing beer. Um, Bad Shepherd uh, Brewing. I love their peanut butter um, mm. stout 
they were one of the first in Australia to start doing peanut butter stuff. Uh, they have really solid beers all round. That's a good rating for them. Uh, now we're getting up into some pretty rarefied air. Sailor's Grave, Gippsland Brewery, great to see them on the list. Yeah, they, they do Sailor's stuff. They're known for their, their sour but program. These guys are, so are these – okay, so are, is this a brewery I would want to stop at somehow – Ooh. on my way back or in between on that trip or i think sailors is a little too far out of the way it's in the August. um you can look, think about that we yeah can, you can, can think about can that and it, it's 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 like a true belgian brewery and and nick will tell you this it is located in like this nondescript, I won't say industrial estate because Orbos doesn't have estates, like industrial building, there's junk sure. all around it, it's rough looking. Uh, we get a good selection of beers here, so even if I pick up the the month before a whole bunch of sailors' beers, so you can at least try a good selection I'll of these stuff. I'll drink the beers, yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah, that's good. All right, good uh, to know. Perfect. Then we're into the top three. Um Moondog, uh, they're really the quick young upstarts compared to the other. Th- oh, maybe they're all around the same time. I just knew Moondog when they were starting out. I've got a 2012 beer from Moondog sitting in my fridge. Perhaps we give that a drain pour while you're here. Yeah. Because uh, I think it will only be a drain pour at this point. But uh, well, I'll try to maybe I'll bring some stuff back from them. They're in they're in Melbourne area, right? Yeah. I mean they have the big they have that big glow, a very glowing <laughs> tap room, right? Yeah, yeah oh, Moon Dog Moon Dog World. Sorry, not OG. Two different locations. Join all for that. Um, Boat Rocker. Now that that's definitely worth a trip down to Brayside. That's yeah, not that, um, yeah. near the city. It's in Melbourne, but Melbourne's a fairly expansive city sure, but it's we'll definitely find a way. worth a trip there and of course deeds um which is in glen iris which is an inner city suburb it's really just jump it's right next to a train station deeds is easy to get to uh, i'll definitely be taking you there uh it these, rightfully i gotta be honest com- compared to las vegas all these places look insanely to get to uh, insanely easy to get to um even getting to your ho- hometown i was like oh this isn't that bad and you live in the middle of a fucking nowhere yeah so getting getting here for on a public transport from the strip might take as long. Yes, it could. If you wanted to fucking take the bus to <laughs> my house, and I live twenty minute drive from there, so uh, none of this looks bad. I am. I I saw this list. I sent it to Kelly. She's like already in love with it because it's a spreadsheet. So she's just like, yes, yep, perfect. Okay, I love looking. And at it would be interesting. Um, this is something that a, a data geek would do. So Kelly or you or, or Nick, I'm sure, would be into it. You're all into your rubrics and your spreadsheets <laughs> at your beer festivals. I do love the name of this brewery here called Noodle Doof. Yeah. It's a great name for a brewery. Um, um, I don't know what, what it is. Probably somebody's name or something. But It would be interesting to pick out a few locations while you're here. And we'll do a few um, because I know, for example, um, Molly Rose and The Mill and there are a couple of others are all within walking distance of each other, like literally uh, a couple of of hundred metres from each other. Um, So it's definitely worth sort of picking areas, pick out a few, do them all at the same time. You're right. 
exactly. So this is very helpful, though, Nick. Thank you so much for creating this. I think this will um, be something that will be referenced many, many times over the next uh, six months. Yeah, I, th I think we'll definitely check out his full spreadsheet and we'll um, make note of um, where to go. Um, and we can, yeah, generally well, spend some good weathered afternoons there when you're not hopping around the country trying a whole bunch of food. And a lot of these places, like around the uh, Molly Road I'll area, have, have great food anyway. Yeah. You guys, there doesn't seem to be any issue with getting fed while we're there, so don't worry about that. That should um, be fine. So it looks like you and Nick are going to be getting into some shit, though, coming up here. Fucking okay. um, uh, Looks like you may be attending the Blobfish Festival. What do you mean, maybe uh, attending? The tickets are booked, looks like my it's friend. A definite happy. Tickets are bought, so this is happening a month from about a month from well, a month from today for Tony. Yep. Um, hell, a month from today for you, the listener. Um, but uh, it's first of all, the design of this website is very excellent. I love the little blobfish man, little blobfish guy with his giant tulip of wild ale. But this is a sour, funky, and wild beer little festival. It looks like. Um, some of the breweries you just named are going to be present, actually a number of them, including uh, Boat Rocker, Deeds, uh, oh my gosh, Garage Project from New Zealand, yes, that's awesome, yep. La Serene, Molly Rose, Sailor's Grave, um, and and other, Wild, Wildflower is a brewery I know of and really? I can buy here right now. Oh yeah, I can get Wildflower. Beer. I could I could go over to Corey's and buy a Wildflower beer right now and they have, I've I have and they are good. <laughs> um, very delicious beers. And it looks like now Tony we were just talking about natural wine. So you're probably not going to have time or space alcohol points for this. But there is a natural wine mezcal and cocktail bar. So some natural wine is not a great name for it, but if you want to have a wine that's similar what I was drinking. If you get natural wine from this place, um, you'll probably find something like what I had. Um, you got some killer food here too. You got some barbecue, tacos. Uh, you got some pies, of course. Two buck oysters. What? That's really good. Yep. Um, you got some uh, palate cleansing beers. Are going to want that. This is looks like it's where is this? Where is this? Is this near Carwin Cellars or no? No, this is um, not far from no. the city. Um, okay. Any Melbourneian, and maybe a lot of Australians would know it as the spinning wheel of death. It's a famous intersection in Melbourne that's a roundabout with a tram track going through the middle of it that branches off in a Y in the middle of the roundabout. So you've got actually three lots of tram tracks going through the middle of this roundabout with about six different roads coming into it. Um, 80 bucks is not bad, dude. 80 bucks is a bargain oh, for, is that two ounce pours? Dude, two ounce pours. There's, it doesn't look like there's any sort of ticket situation or whatever. You're getting whatever you want. Um, no, f you, do you get a food ticket or anything? I, or no? I think you have to pay for your food, same as okay, the takeaway bottle. That's still normal, but, um, uh, Let's see. That's fifty. That's fifty-four dollars. I mean, for this quality and for this type of thing, it's a steal. Fifty-four US. Um, I'm jealous. I want to go to this. This looks ooh, amazing. Ooh, ooh. Um, if you go down to the festival FAQs, and will there be anything other than beer? And just go down to the last line in that FAQ. 
You can also visit the Hop Nation Rotten Hun Bar for some fresh pilsner. Well, pff, perfect. Yeah, hook it up. Uh, Nick, question without notice, without looking at your spreadsheet. Where did Hop Nation come in your um, brewery spreadsheet? Because uh, I've got a cousin that lives yeah. right near Hop Nation, and their beers have recently been on the improve. They're in the Footscray region. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Nick, let us know if that's uh, if there's anything there of any note. Um, this looks really fun. Um, I, I think you're – you guys are on the right track. I'm sure you guys have other beer festivals, but you're choosing the right stuff to go to. This is the type of, like, maybe – I don't want to sound like the biggest snob on earth, but I am hosting a fucking beer podcast. Or, <laughs> um, this is the type of premium experience I want out of doing something like this. I want – the best breweries to be making their serving their best beers. You're going to have food. Give me some kick ass food. Don't give me some bullshit. Yep. Um, like the taco this place is, this does is the great type of experience. You want yeah. great, does great. Um, what's his name? Tacos, birria tacos that are meant to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. Some of Melbourne's best probably don't measure up to the stuff you get in America, but um, it's. Um, Dude, I've only been eating the Alpha store from the Boulder Station. I'm not kidding about that. I actually have been eating that. So. But I tend to agree um, with you about the quality of event because I don't go to Gab's, the Great Aussie Beer Spectacular, because I think that is a show for stunt beer. And I tend yep. to prefer things like Good Beer Week where we'll get more international beers in that are quality, that aren't designed just to create shock and awe on a menu that's actually really good yeah. or something like the um, side project um, event at Carwin that we did I'd rather do that than than stunt beers. Don't get me wrong. There's there's a place for stunt beer, but it's it's not something that I tend to chase down. Yeah, I. I mean, so we do. I think next year. So this year we're going to go back to Madison and do Great Taste. Um, we had a great time out there, mostly even for the surrounding events. Um, but I think next year I might upgrade even again and do the uh, do the Firestone Walker Invitational. Um, yep. That always looks amazing to me. It's easier for me to get to. Um, it looks like it's a like. I mean, there's not, there's got, there can't be more than twenty twenty five breweries there. Um, very you know highly invitational type event. So uh, that might be a switch. That's pretty. It's pretty much that, or um, uh, it's pretty much that, or 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 Meckler. You know, um, you just need something like. I want it to be nice. I want you. I want people to be bringing their best beers. I don't need everyone to bring their their like flagship IPA. That's some asshole brewery. I, I sound like <laughs> a dickhead, but that's just just where I'm at in my beer taste. It's not that those breweries can't exist. It's not that those breweries aren't doing good work. I just I'm I have entered the the dark ages of my beer tasting era where I just need. I want the greatest. Just give me the good thing. I just want the good thing. You just want the good thing. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm just I'm lazy now. I don't want to sit around and be like, all right, let's see what's good out of this list of random beers from some strange brewery. I, I've told I've talked about this on the podcast since we ho- started it. I don't go to a new brewery. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's 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 six months old, and I've been hearing about it. That's that's me at a brewery. I, I got to know that this place has been delivering something, you know. Um, and and it makes that if that I I understand that makes me a shitty like supporter of the industry but also i think the industry kind of blows at the same time so um you know what i just want i just give me i want the good beer that's why i like all this stuff right i want it to taste good i like the taste i like the good stuff so i think you guys have an amazing time at this festival it's gonna be killer 
Hope so. I'm, I'm excited for it. That's for sure. All right. Well, tell us something. We have to. We can't. We don't want to let that be. That'll be. Well, yeah. you know what? That's gonna be a big week, Tony, because the Seltzer bracket will also have just taken place. So we're gonna have a lot to cover over those Ooh, two weeks. Big one after uh, after that end of July. There. Now, just a heads up to you and our listeners that uh, during July, uh, I mentioned it on the other. Um, Beer Engine Podcast Network show um, that I have jury duty coming up in July. Not sure how many days that'll take up, but it could affect the show, and I won't know. The content until it comes out of this is going to be ep- epic. I oh yeah, wait. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure. Have you ever be. done it before? No, I haven't. I've managed to get out of it up until this point, but yeah, don't have a genuine excuse to get out of it. I'm afraid. Did I talk about it? It was very early in our tenure on the show, so nobody will remember it. But I got I got a jury I got a summons um, for the week that COVID started in the U.S. for the week that stuff started shutting down in the U.S. I had a jury summons, and um, I was like, well, first of all, no, um, <laughs> I I would have gone. I mean, I was ready to go because um, I mean you have to go. So I, I didn't at the time. I didn't have any reason health wise I couldn't go other than once COVID started, then I did right. So I have you know, various health concerns that um, would be exacerbated by, especially having gotten the early strains of COVID where everybody was like dying and crap. Yep. That would have sucked. But um, like called in, I'm like, uh, I am not coming to this. You're hosting it like in the mid, I mean, this pandemic is going on. People are like, they're loading, (laughs) they're loading frozen people into the trucks in New York city and shit. They're like, well, what's your like health issue? I'm like, well, I have, you know, artificial heart valves or whatever. And they're like, well, that's not, I mean, so, and then I was like, well, and I have, I mean, from another, from a exacerbating issue from that surgery, I now have a 20% of a spleen also. Yep. So, um, I had to use that one to get out of it. Then they did it and they were fine with it. I'm like, what the fuck? The heart valve thing is pretty bad though. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't be getting this COVID if you get the uh heart heart disease or whatever but whatever they let me out of it but that's the only time i've ever been summoned um i probably would have had the they, they reset the clock for me too when i said that they were like okay we're just gonna um reset you for like the maximum time but then i moved to nevada and i'm waiting to find out if they're ever gonna haul my ass down to clark county uh uh federal court or whatever yeah and it's sort of one of those things everybody well, I think a lot of people get excited by it, but to me it's just going to be days no. of sitting around doing nothing. I am not excited about it, no. I don't want to do that. Um, it, I did, 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 you, did you guys get that show, uh, the jury duty show? <laughs> On Amazon? You told me about it. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did. I loved it. I thought it was oh, great. Oh, it was great. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, I don't, it won't be like that because that was fake. So Yes. <laughs> it won't get All James right. uh, Marsden clogging up my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, yeah. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, all right, well, we'll keep an eye on that. We, we also, I also have some travel around that time because I have to go back. And speaking of my fucked up organs, I have to go do my MRI around then. So we might have, some, might have a little mixed bag in July. We'll see. Uh, yep. All right, Tony. So you brought up a fun idea that we haven't done, at least we haven't done in our memory. No. We can't remember doing it, so it never happened. It might as well, we were in, we were frozen or not alive or something when this happened. 
he brought up the idea of a brewery Mount Rushmore. So all this shit that we talk about here is mostly due to a few guys who were like, after the Carter administration, were like, damn, it'd be sweet if we could drink like a good tasting beer. Um, and you thought it might be interesting if we kind of call out those breweries that maybe not only did that type of thing, but also had staying power or are relevant even today. Yeah. Years later and calling it our brewery Mount Rushmore, uh, Mount Rushmore, almost unfair to these guys who have been relevant longer than um, say, I don't know who's a president on there. I don't know. Is Teddy Roosevelt really that useful to us anymore? He's dead. I think, I think he's more useful than Jefferson. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I would not have, that's a bad one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's Jefferson, that's it, that's, yeah, um, Jefferson, Lincoln, Washington. What did Washington he do? He was the first one. It was well. easy for him. And what did Lincoln do for yeah. fuck's sake? Yeah. Well, that's okay. We'll let him have a statue. It's right. Um, just cause he went to a Jefferson. play and got out of it early. I <laughs> guess <laughs> that's why they put him on there. Actually it was, um, <laughs> uh, what's his John Wilkes booth was like, damn, I didn't time this out right. Uh, all right. So, Tony, I want you to name your – give me your first one on the brewery Mount Rushmore. Let's hear it. Okay. And it's – I think the reason for it, it's Anchor. What Fritz Maytag did, did in starting – not starting that brewery. That was actually a continual brewery from um, Prohibition times. I think it started – pre-prohibition and then continued on, but it was one of a handful of independent breweries at the time when uh, before craft and actually managed to continue to keep up with trends for quite some time. Hey, it still gets mentioned in Hyper Beer and Dork Shit News um, on this show when it got sold the other week and there was a rebranding. Yeah, you're and then exactly they- right. I mean, it's... Uh, is it is, are is there all of their beer relevant anymore? No. Maybe not. Is is th- are things like Christmas ale and Old Foghorn still something I you look at in the fridge and say like oh, I like those? Um, yeah, I yeah. think so. And the fact is that what Fritz Maytag did set the the plate for a couple of other people that are on this list and allowed them to actually come in as these new school brewers like New sure. Albion, which isn't on this lift because they're only around for a year for me, um, but they set the table. So that's why they're on there. Um, Fritz held on to Anchor for a long, long time. Were they um, always at the cutting edge? No, but they laid the groundwork, kind of like a George Washington. Yes, George Washington had like- slaves, but if George Washington didn't have slaves, Abraham Lincoln couldn't set them free. So that's why Fritz Maytag is on there. <laughs> God. Griff, what is your number one? How do I follow that up? <laughs> um, actually, I was going to point out the uh, uh, one of my favorite things I found out over the years, uh, maybe from reading a beer book a couple decade a decade ago, couldn't have been a couple decades ago, um, was uh, that Fritz Maytag, the Maytag Maytag refrigerators, and Maytag blue cheese all the same family. Yes. Yep. So. Um, Maytag blue cheese, a very good blue cheese. Maytag refrigerators, I don't know, fine, probably. And um, they were probably bought by GM at st- some stage. And hey, it's not the Maytag's um, family's problem at that point. That's a Jack, right? Jack Walsh issue. Just a brand now. Yeah. Uh, you know what? First one I'm going to go with is uh, I'm going to go with New Belgium. Oh, uh, good pull. 
New Belgium, not just because of Fat Tire and the ubiquity of Fat Tire and the popularity of Fat Tire, but I think New Belgium fits on here for their ability to stay relevant um, in the and essentially, I'd say, be the major driver of the American sour um, uh, interest here. Uh, beers like La Foley and uh, some of their other sour beers. I forget the other, the brown ale one. I remember La Foley being the first one I was taken down, but um, that really changed, I think. That was the first one to really hit everyone's draft line um, with sour beer. And I remember drinking it the first time being like, mm-mm, this ain't for me. I don't care for this. <laughs> And eventually it grew on me, you know, that beer and many other sour beers, the Firestone sour beers, the Boulevard sour beers, you know, sort of came out of that. But I think they've managed to have a really interesting, long trajectory um, of being relevant to both beer, um, sort of quote, your beer, quote unquote nerds, people who are into the, the like minutia of beer, but also making a beer that is uh, popular with almost everybody. And I say I drank a fat tire just a few days ago at Wahoo's because it was there in cans. And I'm like, that's a decent beer I can drink in a can. You know, I know it's not coming out of a dirty draft line or anything. And it tastes fine. You know, I wouldn't call it the greatest thing in the world, but it was perfectly acceptable amber ale, you know. Um, And you get credit for that. You know, you gave me a beer I can drink at a casino. That's pretty good. So um, New Belgium uh, and all the... um, Lovely people who run that and still, uh, I mean, was employee owned until recently when they believe they got bought out, but, um, good stuff. So Tony, give me another one. Okay. We'll go to the, what I would consider the first of the new wave of brewers back in the day. They're a huge corporation now. They're still family owned and that is Sierra Nevada. What they've Mm -hmm. done for beer, they quite literally started what is the very roots of IPA when you think about their Sierra Nevada pale ale? That is the reason. The Sierra why. Nevada we share on here, so we are, we both have Sierra Nevada. Yeah, so, so we both let's have, let's we both talk it. about this. But it, it, to me, there are beers that are just classic. I'm sure the recipes changed over the years, but they're pale, still as drinkable today as it ever was. Fantastic. I mean, good as hell. Honestly, yep. I, I had one. At, they have it in cans, fresh at Silver Stamp. Yep. If you get it within like. A month, it's a whole other beer than what you're drinking at the airport, pale yep. ale wise. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say it's gotten stale or anything. It's just that it pops. It's it's fine at eight weeks. It's fine at twelve weeks probably, but it hits so hard at four weeks, three, <laughs> two, three, four weeks. Oh, yep, punches way above its weight for what you paid for it, which is like seven ninety nine a twelve pack or something. <laughs> but then they do stuff like celebration. Um, oh God, it's so good. Yeah, it's um, which is just as important to the beer scene. Um, it sort of sets the table for what a Christmas beer could be outside of like spice beer. Um, Every nerd like me that was into beer in like 2010 still buys a case of Celebration now. Yep. I mean, it's been 12 to 15 years that I've been buying a case of Celebration every Christmas. I mean, that's now that's some staying power for a brewery. How often do I buy a case of Dogfish Head 90 Minute? You know, no offense yep. to that beer, a, a fine beer, but I, no, that, that ended. Um, the fact, Celebration has stuck around forever. I think with Sierra Nevada living here, not just in Vegas, but in the U.S., 
they have these other brands like ubiquitous little brands that that pop up every season that are good as hell. I I, I think I mentioned it on Lager of the Week. I had their Summerfest, their German yeah, pills. Yeah, did. Yep. Fire, delish. They made a Kel- they make a Keller Weiss um, every summer. That beer is amazing. <laughs> like a perfect <laughs> representation of a banana clove German Weiss beer. Um, they they torpedo IPA hits uh, That's pretty good. I mean, what I was going to bring back up. Yeah, it, it's its own thing still. Torpedo. Nobody else is really doing that thing. It's still delicious. And Another then, one. In now listen, we should make fun of Bigfoot. I, I'm not a Bigfoot <laughs> drinker. It's that hoppy barley wine that I I don't dig. But barrel aged narwhal is great and cheap. Uh, barrel aged yep. narwhal, very yummy. I still have canes in my fridge. Barrel aged Bigfoot. You know, if you can let it sit and burn the hops down a little bit, it's pretty fire. Um, but they're they're doing it all, so I mean, you're absolutely right. Those guys are at the peak of their power still. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. My next one is a brewery that um, I don't think are as relevant today as Sierra Nevada are, but they were at their Heat perhaps hotter, um, and they they fuck around with their recipes, and God bless mm-hmm. them for doing that. But I don't agree with sort of what they're doing at the moment. Not to say you don't keep your recipes updated. I think Sierra Nevada are a good example of why you do keep them updated. But mine is Stone, and I was talking about IPA earlier, and outside of what Sierra Nevada did for the, with their pale, it really was Mitch Steele that almost single-handedly um, changed the beer industry with yeah. um, all these IPAs coming out of stone. Um, just an absolute genius when it comes to um, being a brewer. Um, they fuck around with their brand. They're not always perfect, but they aren't um, Brewdog, let's be honest. As much as we hang shit another, on stone. Another good taste. Another good tasting beer you can buy at a casino, mostly, yeah. at, or an airport. Um, I, I think Stone uh, deserves their spot here. I, I didn't put them on here, but because they really, um, I think, created the San Diego IPA yep. praise. Um, it was the first San Diego IPAs that everybody started getting. Uh, they they start. We were just talking about black IPA. There is no such thing as black IPA. Without no. the stone, self, sublimely self-righteous Escondidian Black Ale or whatever the hell that thing was called. Um, uh, also, for the record, uh, Arrogant Bastard was a huge thing for a long time. Of course, And yeah. that, that beer was a little astringent for me, but it was hugely popular. Ruination IPA, I was, uh, I thought it was fucking delicious. I loved Ruination IPA. Yep. It was so good. Um, I think they really... Um, they pushed that IPA envelope, and they're they're probably one of the main reasons that uh, uh, the the weirdos out there, the weirdos who just call any craft beer an IPA, that's Stone's fault. Probably, <laughs> it's, we can blame Stone and Dogfish Head for that. Not not because they made good beers, but because it, it just became so ubiquitous, right? Yep. It became so out there that any anyone who was uh, drinking anything got pegged as just IPA. Oh, you like those IPAs? I'm like, well, I'm drinking a porter, so <laughs> I guess. Yeah. 
it just got thrown in that hole, but I think Stone has something to do with that. All right, I'll do mine. I got weird ones. You're not. I'm. I, I'm going to sound like the mega IPA apologist for for my third one and and even my fourth one. But I'm going to go Russian River for it's, number three. It's my fourth. So good. yeah. All right. So we both have Russian River. Yep. Um, yep. All right. Vin, Vinny made yep. the platonic ideal of IPA, and then he made a few more of them. <laughs> uh, not to mention, I when I was um, there in Santa Barbara. Uh, we went to a couple places that had a depth of their sours, the consecrations, temptations. Yep. Bought a pair of those. They're as good as it gets. Um, they have a great tasting room. I think uh, I think they have been part of the new wave of really important, meaningful brewers that have kept their distribution more contained, uh, sort of in the opposite way that Stone behaved. Stone was always getting bigger. Um Places like Russian River, New Glarus would have been another great one that that could easily be on this list. Um, they kept themselves um, tight a little bit. Uh, it didn't mean they didn't stop. They stopped growing, and it didn't mean they stopped making beer. It meant that they weren't going to extend themselves to the point of not being able to do what they wanted to do, or make what they wanted to make, or pay the people they wanted to pay, or all those other things that are important. So Russian River, we used to get it here in Vegas. They pulled back. They didn't. They didn't feel like they were getting what they wanted out of it. Um, I wish they hadn't done that, but I respect that they did it. You know, they made a choice. Yep. Um, they make great beers. Everything's lovely. Um, Piney on draft and fresh is as good of a beer as you'll ever drink. So what else can you say? No, they, they do an amazing job. And, um, yeah, they um, just so important, the imprint that Vinny has had, even on styles that he's not directly sort of had a hand in himself, every sort of quality hallmark he's put up has, has had an effect on people um, like John Kamish at Hedy Topper. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, at Alchemy. And, yeah, just a, he as a figure is as important as as his brewery. But, yeah, Blind Pig and, yeah, all that stuff is delicious. Well... That leaves then you, you might with be number four. With my last one is also a little bit IPA forward, but I had to get one Midwestern brewery in. Uh, my last one will be Bell's. Uh, Almost made it on another, the list. Another brewery with a signature IPA. I was really torn between Bell's and The Alchemist. I, I went back and forth. Um, but I do think The Alchemist was a very important brewery, obviously, with um, New England IPA being so – you like out there now ubiquitous now that said i don't know if they're doing it the way that i I don't know how close it is or how relevant it is anymore to what heady topper is um i know it may be spawned from that but man it's a stretch to sit around and drink a barrel ipa and be like damn this is really like heady topper (laughs) um heady topper has more in common with pliny than it does with uh fucking microphone you know yep it's you know, it's, it's just different. Anyways, Bell's Two-Hearted, often picked as the best IPA in the country. It's certainly the most available best IPA you can drink. Um, I can get it in Vegas. I actually looked at the dates on my six-packs at Corey's in Vegas. They were, uh, it was like 6-2 was the date on it. I'm like, damn, they got this here and put it on the shelves and left it even at Corey's in two and a half weeks. It's pretty good. Um, so we're getting good beer. Their other standards are delicious. 
Um, I, I think the, the special double cream stout, um, the Kalamazoo stout, Expedition stout, Barrel Age Expedition, um, the the Black Note. Uh, they did a whole series of Planet beers that were very tasty. Uh, they tend to focus on clean beer, um, but I just think they all they all hit, and they were so important in the Chicago and area in the Midwest that uh, they were definitely somebody I had to had to get in there. So Bell's is my last one. I think we got all of yours, Tony. So yep. we got Sierra Nevada, Russian River, Bell's, New Belgium for me. Sierra Nevada, Russian River, Anchor and Stone yep. for you. My next four out were Alchemist, Goose Island, Deschutes, and Boulevard, if you're wondering. No, Allagash. Uh, for it. Damn. Probably should be Allagash in one of those, huh? Yeah. Now, let's replace Deschutes with Allagash. Then I feel better about that. Yep. Goose Island, Alchemist, Allagash, Boulevard. Yeah, Goose Island. Allagash was, really maybe, Allagash was probably the brewery that you were like, uh, they were probably the first brewery to ever make everything that perfect. I don't yep. know if anyone, as much as I love Sierra Nevada Pale, I'm not sure anyone made anything as perfect as Allagash White. So I think that's the right thing to include. You're right. There's just too many to think of. So that was a good bit, Tony. I enjoyed it. Good good idea. Why don't we move on to some ideas we've been doing for a long time. That's our regular segments. First up, it's the Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. Griff's Lager of the Week. All right, you know what? I'm going to go with that New Zealand pills I talked about earlier. Cool. My lager of the week from Ennegrin. Uh, check out Ennegrin beers if you're in California. Uh, it was very, it was delicious. Nelson Sovin and Motuika hops in this one. So certainly a New World flavored uh, IPA. Definitely had that citrusy, tropical taste on it, but perfectly made. Great pour beer. What do you think, Tony? What do you got? Okay. For me, there was a toss-up. It is. Oh, I, I didn't have any lagers this week. I'm sorry. I was about to that. go on Moving the on. whole beer of the week thing, and yeah, didn't didn't do the lager thing. So it sounds delicious. I want some of that. Need to get me some um, more. Next time new, you're here, new we'll, get, we'll take some again. Yeah, yeah. You will lager. Sounds good. Okay, you ready for the main segment? Of course, you are. We are. Okay, that's enough of that. You know what it's like. This seems like Excellent. depends how long I need to look up the beer that I've had this week. Um, oh, I'm just sorry. I wanted to get some more bad sounds. Into yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Wow, it sounds like a great beer, Tony. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what do you think that score for that is? Given that description, uh, four point four point two. Okay, I can't give what it to it you. A little high there. Um, <laughs> but um, Happy Elvis from Belter is a nitro stout that's canned, you know, non-widgeted nitro stout. So you've got to shake that can three times, an aggressive <laughs> pour, delicious. Sure, Not my yeah. beer of the week. Uh, my beer of the week goes to Hargrave Hills. Sorry, Hargrave's Hill. Uh, their ASB, just a Australian brewed beautiful ESB, like a true ESB, not too caramelly, not too over the top, but not too thin at the same time. Man, it's a style yeah. that I love this time of year. So, Could drink a shit ton of it. 
Session barley wine. That's what we call it. I'm just kidding. It's not actually that. But you want a little bit of that. You want. It's like when you want some little bit of toffee, but not too much. You don't want to be eating a Werther's. You want like a. You want a Werther's dropped in some soda water. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a seltzer idea. Werther's God. original hard seltzer. Oh my God! Maybe, maybe we'll get into that. My beer of the week, Tony. I went hard with it. Um, I got this here uh, when we were over at Llama Dog. I, I usually don't get access to Cellar Maker beers. Cellar Maker is a very um, popular IPA maker, and and yeah, they make everything stout too and, and stuff out in San Francisco, actually. Um, but this I would almost never have a chance to get my hands on. This is called Bourbon Blamo. Great name. Uh, 14.7%. It's the bourbon barrel aged version of our massive coconut imperial stout Blamo. The 22 release, we blended together a two year old bourbon aged barley wine with three different stouts. One aged for 17 months in a Willet rye barrel, the second and third for 24 months in Heaven Hill and Willet bourbon barrels, respectively. Then conditioned the blend on 35 pounds of organic toasted coconut per barrel. Uh, this was up there in the most coconut things I ever had. Um, but that, I think, takes that, that sort of um, minimizes how good this was. It was very coconut. That coconut faded. It, it punched you in the mouth with coconut and then faded nicely into um, strong bourbon, uh, distinct bourbon notes. More like the, the caramel, uh, vanilla, yep. uh, tobacco bourbon taste. And I think that comes from aging it with the, getting the barley wine. Mixed in that, mixed in there, and not just getting that pure pastry stout flavor. So, uh, man, this thing was good as hell, uh, and uh, I'm sad I shared it with four other people because it's, <laughs> I wanted I wanted more, and I wasn't driving, so I could add it to. Oh well, too bad, so sad. I guess I'll have to get more later. So okay, well, why don't we do another segment? Uh, I got a couple stories here. We can do some hyper beer nerd dork shit news. We sure can. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right. Now I got to be given an ultra right beer update. Um, Ooh, I, I've nice just been curious. Story. I know it's not even Bud Light related. Um, I was just curious what was going on with ultra right beer, so I went up to, went to the website today. You know, I hate going to their website. Um. Now it takes, so you order this beer, dude, and it takes 15 days. It ships, sorry, ships 15 days after your order. So you, famous way to drink a beer, this type of beer, like just a cold beer, like a Miller High Life or something. Yep. Damn, I really want to drink a beer. I guess I can't wait to wait 20 days for my beer. What the fuck? You want a beer like this? Just go to the... Fuck, there's a convenience store down the street. Go to Speedy Mart. You get a cold beer. So the idea of being like, I bet in 20 days I'm going to want to drink a cold 4.1% American lager. What the fuck's wrong (laughs) with you? So he's not shipping till 15 days after you order. So you order this beer for $20, and 15 days after you order it, he'll ship it. And then you got to wait. But the engagement's died. Like, I'm not on Twitter much, but I'm thinking, even with how Twitter's fallen, the fact that 
on June 8th, there was a photo saying the wait's almost over. There was a shot of just uh, pallets of empty cans was there. There was 19 retweets, 16 replies and 108 likes for a, a company that was pushing themselves that hard and has invested that much. I'm sorry, the buzz has, has died. This is great. He has, he has no ads for this account since June 19th. So that's two days ago now. Um, he hasn't gotten anything. That's pretty bad for a company. Like, look up at Bud Light and how many people are saying, you woke assholes. At least they're getting it all today, all day. Yep. People are caring about This is nothing anymore. So pissed off Georgia pa- Patriot says, just came to check on that. He was here looking at Seth Weathers uh, saying, your ultralight right beer is on the way. So he, they just started shipping this beer, maybe. Three days ago, five days ago, sorry. Well, I wouldn't even say because they were filling up the truck with pallets to pack. These are not packed boxes yet. They're not shipping this beer in these pallets. They're having to pack shipping boxes because this beer is not distributed by anybody. Yes. So somebody's having to go pack this shit. So I, I would think this beer, the first beers are shipping now. Now he says from nothing to shipping beer in 62 days, fucker. I could make a beer. I, if I had some money, um, <laughs> I could go ship. I could go start brewing a beer tomorrow. I could go over to Astronomy, be like, here you go, here's a few thousand bucks. Bring me yep. something. I could be shipping a beer in, let's say, let me say conservatively because I'm lazy, 21 days. Yeah. Don't you think? I, I think that's fair. I can ship a beer in 21 days. Yep. Contract. I mean, a label like this, I could get a label like this drawn up in, what, four hours? Yep. I wouldn't draw it. I'd hire someone to do it, but, okay. No, you wouldn't. So, you would just use mid-journey. Just, okay, you'd have to yeah, come up exactly. with the text, but there's somebody in your house. I'd have, to lay, it out. I'd have to lay it out on the labels and stuff, so we'd have to get somebody to do that. But 62 days is not impressive, especially when you got a million dollars to do it. Yep. Give me a break. Um. So this guy wants Beelzebubba wants bottles over cans. I'm like, we can ship you these fucking. Well, this is what I was actually going to talk to you about. Is it really right to be serving this in cans? Because cans are kind of environmentally friendly when it comes to packaging. Oh, it's not woke enough. Yeah, Yeah, there's not enough plastic. I think you should go with the plastic bottles. Fuck the beer quality, because let's be honest, this beer is going to be shithouse anyway. It's competing with Bud Light, for fuck's sake. But why not go with the uh, plastic? Uh, Yeah, the plastic ones I used to, uh, when I'd hang out at the pool at the valleys, uh, I would get the plastic ones because you reseal them and float them in the pool. Yep. Uh, That was was a pretty classic move. Uh, We even have some other ultra-right guys who are saying, like, nah, pass. Like Scarface two 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 here says uh, he's a Florida trash libertarian vet <laughs> and a diehard Yankees fan. And he says I'll stick to the traditional lager in the oldest brewery in America. Been drinking it since I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. He's drinking a Yingling and a uh, a glass of Eagle Rare ten year. So okay, uh, but yeah, the, you're exactly right, Tony. The reason I wanted to talk about this is that there's no buzz around this anymore. This is pretty much over, um, and uh, we'll see if it. We'll see how wrong I am about that. But I would be shocked if all of a sudden this uh, gets some other kind of lift. I think this guy did exactly what we thought he was would. He got his quick million. What do you think he spent to get this contracted? The cans and 
um, chipped. You think he spent a million? Oh. I'm guessing he walks out with. I'm thinking he walks out with, but at least 150 grand, right? Just yeah, I was thinking 250 it. grand. I think I think it would have cost him three quarters of a million dollars to get this thing all done with expenses. See, I, I think yes. If he paid the people who designed the can, and he paid the, but I don't think contract brewing a beer would cost a million dollars. No, no. But all his efforts would would have. Yeah, would have gone up to seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, we'll say, we'll say, let's say about seven, let's say about seven fifty to eight fifty. Yeah, um, uh, and that's being, I think, very conservative, appropriately on our part in terms of how much it costs. But we'll see if we ever hear about this again. But I will, uh, I will continue paying attention because I am fascinated by it. Um, all right, next up, this is, uh, you know, I love doing stories like this. I think we've done every. I think we've ever done every single story about people making beer from various waste products. Um, yeah, this is a. I tried this is from Nicholas Vega. Uh, I tried beer made from recycled, dirty shower water. Here's my honest review. So, uh, this guy picked up the Epic One Water Brew from Epic Brewery, I'm, uh, which is in Utah, I believe. Oh, um, just while you're finding that out, did you hear about the fact that the... No, no, this isn't from Epic Brewery. This is from something called Epic Clean Tech. I'm, oh. I merely made an assumption that Epic the Brewery made this. <laughs> uh, well, copyright infringement incoming, but uh, this is from a company that makes that does like water water recycling, essentially. But just to talk about Utah for a split second, did you hear? The Bible has been banned in Utah schools. Oh, rip to the Bible. Well, <laughs> again, because these ultra-right-wing grifters want to uh, be the moral police um, for our children, and they were allowing anybody to put an objection for any book for sexual or violent content in, in schools. Oh, they fucked it up, and now the Bible's banned. Well, think of the amount of sexual con- content and uh, violence in the Bible. There's it is plenty pretty of that violent. Shit. The Bible's pretty violent, um, and everybody's begetting all the time. Time stop begetting people. So they're they're yep. they're they're fuck left and right. They can't lay off each other. Um, so this is used using our brewed using highly purified recycled water. So the idea is okay. So this is a Bill Gates startup. They're making beer with wastewater from showers, sinks, and laundry machines. So there's no piss in here. This is not made well, with piss or shit. There's or limited turds. amounts of piss and shit. Hey, it's oh, laundry yeah. water. People are maybe pissing in the shower too. I'm not really one to be pissing in the shower, but yeah, I was more th- thinking in the laundry garments—the stuff that comes out of those. That other that other podcast, I think, is made of more shower pissers than us. I think we're yeah, we're yep. pretty safe on sh- shower pissing here. But hey, if you piss in the shower, I'm not judging or blaming you. Uh, it's a drain. Your George Costanza said it's just a drain. It's yeah, all holes. Um. <laughs> So uh, it's a filtration process that learned that this earned epic clean tech funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's Reinvent the Toilet Challenge. Great, <laughs> great name. Uh, <laughs> reinvent the toilet. Um, and it says that the beer tastes fine. It's just Kolsch. So that's not su- surprising. No. Uh, this water has been highly recycled and filtered. And then you put, you know, Kolsch yeast in it, 
you know, top fermenting yeast, and uh, then you've got a nice light beer. I'm sure it tastes perfectly acceptable as a Kolsch. Well, that was also going to be my my point. The reason why beer was invented primarily was to make potable water in areas where Mm -hmm. water wasn't drinkable. But as a byproduct of that, it was also to increase flavour. So when you look at stuff like the original IPAs, that that Burton water was pretty shitty to drink, yet it was great for brewing. Um, So this is not that... um, not so much reinventing the wheel, but taking the wheel and using it for the purpose that it was designed for. Yeah. Invent the toilet, did they? Is that how they came up with that submarine that's stuck at the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> now, what's your view on this? You know my views. I made it clear on the podcast. Um, what's my view on what's What's my view on the su- submarine people? Yeah, and yeah. I think it's um, you know I'm not going to be. Uh, cheerleader for um the only reason i i'm a little bit sad about i don't i feel like it's bad that this like kid died or is gonna pr- presumably pass away uh like this some billionaire dad brought his kid down here and dragged his ass into it like kind of unfair i think that's depressing to me uh that said uh i guess well i don't want to do that i was like i'm gonna look into the future and this kid ends up being fucking roman uh, Roy from uh, Succession, so you know who knows. No, he's going to be the other co- I mean, brother. That's who he would have been, you know, with yeah, the t-shirt exactly. company. Otherwise, I mean, it just seems like a one bad decision after another led to this moment. You know, yep. um, I, I don't, I don't know how you end up. I, the the number of bad decisions the guy made who started this, from the people who agreed to go on it, um, had every. There's hundreds of stopping points that were built into this where you might say, eh, I don't know. Yeah, if you're using um, but, Elon Musk tech, do you really want to be doing that? Let's be honest. He has a great I was dying. I read about the guy, uh, the, the this goofball who created this thing and was driving the boat. He said, like, man's future is not on Mars. It's underwater. And I'm like, bro, why are, were you spending all this time and money researching if we can live underwater or on Mars? Did you know that you can't breathe on either of those? Like, we have one place where we can breathe, and we're standing on it right now. Like, we really need to figure that out. Is really the thing we should be spending this money on is yep. figure out how we can live here where there's air. <laughs> I, but one of the most important things for living, air. But Up how far away? Five at least. Like, I know he's a little bit more go-getterish because he invented a submarine. But how far away is he from the? Uh, ultra right-wing beer guy. Let's be honest. They're... He's about 13,000 or so feet right now, I think. But uh, uh, how far is he? No, I mean, um, I think it's a grift for sure. But I think it's a it's a high-stakes grift. I mean, this is a really high-stakes grift um, to work. Now, he's getting paid more for it. This guy's going to walk. I mean, if he wasn't dead, he's probably he's been walking around with stacks of cash. These guys are paying a quarter million dollars to go down there and shit, you know? Yep. Um, I mean, this guy, Seth Weathers, is a little more of a low stakes ripoff, you know, but uh, I, you're not you're not crazy. I mean, it's a it's a grift. A grift is a grift. You know, it's it's a way to rip off idiots. Now, these are idiots who fell into some money and then fell into right? a trench. And then, and then fell. They fell as far as you can fall. Um, 
but these are just this is all just people who who did not who just could not put the dots together you know so of course again i feel bad for the kid i don't you know i'm not gonna root for people to die you know at least not people who don't I don't know. I, I don't know these people, so yeah. I have a hard time telling if they directly impact how, like, making our lives actively shittier. They probably do, but in a way that's less um, direct. Yeah, but it's so like... It's, it's hard for me to be like, kill this motherfucker, but... No, you know. no, that's not my point. It's like, oh, we're feeling for these people, but what about people that we don't know about that have just died in a less spectacular way or have suffered in a less spectacular way, like a right. car accident? That's sort of my point. I don't think you should cheerlead anybody no, right. to die, but my sort of feeling is comes across as a lack of empathy, but yeah. it is. It's like My bad feeling that I get when I, like buy a nice coffee or something and i'm like okay did some like um you know peruvian child have to get like whipped for me to have this you know like you you know that's there there are just as bad of given takes or or whatever that you got to live with that's worse um that these guys these guys got fell into some money they made a crappy decision with it yep and now it looks like they're in some serious trouble um just in a more prolific way that doesn't make it any more sad than, than that. So you're exactly right there, but it is, um, it is unfortunate that this news is constantly fed to me. And also that, uh, you got to look up. Well, um, thanks to my friend, Kyle, our friend, Kyle for feeding me a deep dive on the stepson of the dude, Tony, I'm sure you'll go down this rabbit hole, (laughs) but you got to look up the stepson of the one billionaire guy who, um, is has, clearly has some kind of spectrum disorder of some kind and is uh, posting insane stuff like, well, I feel really bad, but I really want to see if I can meet Blink-182 or something. It's it's really strange <laughs> shit going on there. Also, I think he's uh, potentially a criminal of some kind. So. Nice. All right, one more story. Uh, I thought this was just fun sounding. Um, this really isn't even news. This is just something fun I found that I want to do. Uh, Seltzerland. They're doing Seltzerland Festival. Nice. Um, I know. Doesn't that sound fun? So uh, they're doing it in Chicago. I, I can't do any of these, though. Chicago, Boston, and New York City this year. Um, but I will keep my eyes on for the future, because they did do it in San Diego. I, I would do that one. Uh, Austin, Houston, Dallas, Jersey Shore. Oh, Jersey Shore is canceled. Tampa. And L.A., so I would go out to San Diego for this. Um, but uh, they just have a big seltzer party. So they have a, it's a hard seltzer paradise. They have um, guac and chips, refreshing tequila so- sodas from Casa Azul. They got a DJ. They got games. They have Casa Azul seltzer, uh, sabe at canned cocktails, Plant Botanical Vodka Vodka Seltzer. Oh, my God. Buzz Balls, bro. Buzz Balls. Spirit Airlines favorite <laughs> cocktail. Buzz Balls. Is it really? Happy Dad Seltzers. Yeah, it's just, it's these, they literally come in little balls that you pop the top of, and it's like a pina colada flavored juice thing. I don't know. Ranch water. We got some Viva Bev. We got Mom Water. Is that a thing? All right. Um, and Vizzy is there. I think there's more seltzer companies there. So Boulevard has been at this with Quirk. So there's lots of seltzers. Whatever seltzers are distributed in your area seem to be appearing at this thing. So uh, looks like a bit of an Instagram event, but at the same time, I would love to go try 
all the different seltzers at Seltzerland. So maybe if we get one next year, I would do it again. But um, I will post that up in our Seltzy uh, Central group, where I think uh, we will soon have a Seltzer bracket to be discussing. So very um, exciting. Get yourself excited for that. It would have been something great if we could have attended because yeah. I, I know a person that's been on this podcast a couple of times. She would have had her spreadsheet out, marking out these. The spreadsheets would have been out. It yep, would have been would have crazy. Have been she would have been the, would have been the guy. Yep. <laughs> She'd been the Mickler guy. I'd have been running around grabbing a seltzer. Um, I would like to do a seltzer bracket contest this year with this group, so everybody stay tuned for that on the Discord. If you guys remember, we did an NCAA bracket contest. I am going to try to get my hands on the official seltzer bracket, and we can play guessing on who actually is going to win. And we'll do points like the NCAA bracket, and we'll see if we can uh, pick the winner. Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. So... Uh, stay tuned for that uh, at some point in July. Tony, uh, one more thing to do today uh, is our game. And this week, uh, we are going to pull a classic out of the Beer Engine Podcast archives. This is the Hallmark Summer Hallmark Movie Edition of This or That. Plink, plunk, plink, This or that. Uh, let's see if I can find my list of. Sorry, movies. that should have been more static yeah. while you're looking up your list. It should have been. Plink, plonk. <laughs> 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 there was that. It seems like I knocked my microphone over and throw it to the floor. Should have been an echo. Uh, should have hit it a few times. Plink, 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 if plink, 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 DJ Tony. Plink, plink, plink. All right, that's good. Uh, okay, so what I got for you? Uh, let me turn my mic off so when you talk, I hear it in you in my mic. Uh, that would all I'd pull my headphones out <laughs> so we get to hear you three or four times. Know exactly how long the delay is between you talking and Brian hearing you. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Um, okay, so uh, I didn't know this, Tony. I, I should have known this, but. Hallmark movies don't just come out at Christmas. Uh, they have a whole summer movie drop as well that has recently taken place. Uh, so they have June wedding movies, and they have Christmas in July. And both of those have just hit. They did four new movies in June. They did four new movies in July. Uh, the the hustle never stops for Lacey Chabert and, and the gang out there at, a, at a Hallmark. Um, I was going to say Candace Cameron Brewer, but uh, I believe she's with the uh, ultra-right conservative dad movie company or whatever it is. So I got I got five Hallmark movies. I got five beers. You know I love to have it even, uh, except for that time I did ten of one and none of the other. But uh, <laughs> Which is the way to go. Uh, it really mixes it up. Yeah, it's the way to go. Let's start this off. Uh, the first one I have for you, Tony. It's called Love in the Time COVID. That sounds like a bit of me. It, it's too mm. straightforward to be like a movie. There's no real plot. It's like, because you've got mail with no a real title for a thing. movie. Now, this is a Hallmark movie, so. Yeah, I know, but even for a Hallmark movie, they would play off you've got mail in the time of COVID or, or something similar. Not loving the time of, of COVID. That seems like a beer to me. So I'm going to stick with that instinct. Beer it is. 
Tony, you're right. That is a beer. Well done. I, I was hoping I would get you with the memory. If you had pulled out the memory of how uh, Hallmark had a an NBA style bubble to make COVID era movies, um, but I did not fool you with that one. Love in the time of COVID is beers by Midnight Sun Brewing Company, which I believe is in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, no, sorry, wrong. Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, for Midnight Sun Brewing. I don't know how I got that, that <laughs> off. That makes a little bit more sense with the Midnight Sun thing, got to be honest. Land of the Midnight Sun, interesting. Yeah, 11.2%. Uh, this is a Belgian strong dark ale. Actually, I bet this is very, very yummy. Uh, it's more than just a bold beer or a story about finding your way back to love. It's a message in a bottle reminding us to find the silver linings in settings of darkness. Um, so this is just a high-alcohol Belgian strong dark ale. People seem to like it. It has a 4.03 on tap, so very good. Tasty. Yeah, sounds good. All right, next up. This one's called Southern Southern Delight. Sorry, I was just taking a bite to eat. I apologize. But I think in the full style of the Beer Engine Network, I should continue to eat and talk at the same time. So I'm going to do that. Still coming in better than... It's still coming in better than Phobes, i got to tell you. It's way clearer. I know people love chewing noises. This is the best. Right here. Uh So what was the title again? Southern Delight. Oh, Southern Delight. See, this could be like a a beer with pecans in it or some, like, barrel-aged in mesquite barrels. But to me, Southern Delight just sort of has that sort of, like, fake... Um, like Southern Bell kind of thing. Um, this is a Hallmark movie. Um, it 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 actually premiered in prime time on the Hallmark Channel, and it repeated later that week in prime time. Still, it didn't go to just daytime early. This is quite a high budget Hallmark movie. Tony, I got you on this one. This one is a beer. Southern Delight is uh, from Coastal Empire Beer Company. Uh, This is a praline amber ale. So you sort of had some of that on the right track. Read with a generous addition of Georgia pecans and Madagascar vanilla. We also add lactose to accentuate the natural caramel flavors from the malt. These additions combine to create... Uh, a flavor reminiscent of a traditional southern candy, the praline. So, uh, 5.2%, 3.67 on this. Does have almost 10,000 check ins, though. So, Coastal Empire is getting some heat on this one. Uh, good for them. That's one, for, you're one for two, Tony. Next up, I have for you is, ooh, let's go with Nashville Legacy. Oh, is this about a washed up country star? who has an illegitimate son or daughter that they discover and so therefore they they try and dissuade them from becoming a, a country star because life on the road is too hard and then um, it all turns around as they see their talent and see they really do have something more special than even what they had uh, or is this just a beer with a shit ton of hops in it? I'm going to go with the Hallmark movie, and I think my plot's pretty dead on. Okay, so all I have about the plot 
you are right. This is a movie. But all I have about the plot is... Um, so this is actually a movie... What does this say this is? It was on the... There's, a, there's something called the Mahogany Network for... I guess these are movies for Hallmark movies for black people. I'm not kidding. This is this is a link I just clicked on the Hallmark website. So, um, Naima moves to Nashville to uncover secrets about an undiscovered music group starring Andrea Lewis, Pooch Hall, Stan Shaw, and Roz Roz Ryan, with cameos by Kurt Chambers and uh, American Idol Ruben Studdard. Are in this film. So I didn't Nashville know he was Legacy. still alive. Ruben Studdard, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. There you go. Nashville Legacy. Looks like it is, in, in fact, um, music-related in some way. Is the movie Nashville Legacy a true story? Oh, shit. Based on true events, <laughs> um, the movie is set amidst the National Museum of African American Music in Nashville. There you All right. Go. Sounds better than the Santa Fe Christmas one I watched, for God's sake. So. All right. All right, so there you go, you're two for three. Next up, Tony, this one is called Carrot Cake Murder. This is a beer. No way is... I sounded like the TikTok guy. No way. Have you seen that, that dude? I think he's Canadian or Minnesotan. Oh, I'm not a big TikTok guy, if you haven't found out yet. Um... I don't think, or it could be like a sort of like murder mystery, I suppose. But to me, this seems like a beer. I'm going to go with, yeah, it's a beverage. This is like a carrot cake, ale kind of dealio. All right, Tony. This one, I couldn't believe it either, but this is a movie. (laughs) Carrot Carrot cake murder. It's part of the Hannah Swenson mysteries. A skeleton found in Lake Eden reveals the true identity of a beloved resident. Despite her fiancé's disapproval, Hannah investigates the murder and enlists her mother's help to uncover the truth and bring the killer to justice. This features Allison Sweeney, who I believe I have seen in many things, um, but I couldn't name any of them right now. Uh, She is in Days of Our Lives. That's a big one. Uh, So she was probably in that for... She was in that for 3,000 episodes. <laughs> Shit. That's a lot of episodes. Well, I mean, they make it every day for I know. 50 years. But still. She was on it for, she was on it for 35 years. So. Yeah. That's a lot of <laughs> yeah. episodes. That's a lot. Of, doing 3,000 episodes. Of, if we get to 3,000 episodes, Tony, then I think we really deserve a pat on the back at least from our, from our hundreds of thousands of listeners. Um, yeah, so that is, in fact, a movie, shockingly. Carrot Cake Murder could not sound more like a beer. Um, next up I've got for you is, uh, this one's called Love in the Maldives. See, here's the thing. This is where you go astray. There's no way they've got the budget for the Maldives on the Hallmark Channel. Or the Hallmark Corporation, whatever you want to call it. There's no way they've got the CGI budget for the Maldives. There's no way they've got the set budget, even if it's purely based internally 
on the Maldives. I really lo- would love to go to the Maldives, by the way. I've looked at I, I, the Maldives are a place that I've always been like fascinated by, but I know I'll never have enough money to do it. Yeah, getting quick is they, they're going underwater fast. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to go with this is a beer. They just don't have the budget. Amazing thought. Uh, you probably should be right. But this is a movie, Tony. Um, now, could they have filmed... I don't know where they filmed this. Could they have filmed this movie in St. Lucia, where they also have insanely blue water and very tropical, um, you know, look and, and premium look about everything? Uh, maybe. Or the Seychelles, which is a slightly cheaper version of the Maltese. <laughs> or Fiji, for that matter. Right? Isn't Fiji supposed to kick ass? Um, yep. But... I don't know. I don't know if they filmed this in the Maldives or not, but it is a movie. A travel writer goes to the Maldives and hears about a legendary shipwreck. Oh, was it the submarine <laughs> from Ocean Gate or whatever? Uh, with the help of her underwater resorts guest experience expert. I think that's a concierge. Isn't that what we would call a concierge? Yep. Um, are we not allowed to say concierge anymore? Is that nope. Woke? <laughs> she might discover love instead of buried treasure. So this features Jocelyn Hudden, Jake Manley, and some other people I do not know who they are. Uh, Willie as the masseuse. Uh, Jake Manley. Juliana Wimbles is also in this, if you're wondering. There is a fellow. The fellow in here uh, does appear to be, has a very, like, I want to say Efron, but like, but it's not. It's unfair to Efron. He he has a Zac Efron look, but like from twenty fifteen years ago, Zac Efron, like the washed blonde hair, like the the sun in type blonde yep. hair. It's not good. But anyways, loving the Maldives is a is a movie. Great like thought process. So you're very tough to beat, Tony, because you 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 really go through every possibility here. Next up, I got for you is called Lost in the Tropics. In the tropics, oh, I'm gonna go back to Hallmark. This, I think, is a movie that's easy to fake. Um, whether it's maybe based in Australia, I don't know, like it could be a tropical hot thing, don't get me wrong, I, I certainly see that. But for me, this is something that's easy to fake. Um, the environment this, this is the movie they should have made for, for spending all that money to go to the Maldives, they should have made this and could have yeah. gone to. Jamaica. Yep. So I'm going to say that they were lost in the tropics at Hallmark. This movie. Tony, I'm getting you right now. This is a beer. Uh, This is from New Glory Craft Brewery in Sacramento, California. American IPA brewed with rolled oats, Citra Galaxy, fermented with Saccharomyces bruxellensis, bruxellensis, Brett. Um, oh, it's Brett, Brett Trois yeah. is what they did. Yeah. Um, interesting. I'm not sure I'm into that right now. <laughs> but um, do I want that taste in my hazy IPA? Interesting. Um, so there you go. I mean, Citroen Galaxy sounds great. 6.5%. Ratings are okay. 3.87. So probably good. Uh, New Gloria, wow. good here. And also people are rating it now. I honestly think it's better now than it was seven months ago. Of course. 
because it's bread. It gets better with age. Oh, fair enough. It might just taste more like bread and not like hops. Yeah. Um, Interlude, my friend. That was not something that I messed up. I put it in the doc. Check out the document, good sir. Right at the very bottom, there is a... Oh, are you looking at the stepson? I told you to look at the stepson. Yeah. Stepson of billionaire and missing Titanic sub flirts with OnlyFans model as rescuers race to find vessel. Yeah. I mean, you should see. I, he's apparently um, getting close. I, I think he may have. There were some bets going around. I was like, when's this guy going to give a hard N or a hard R on Twitter? And I think he is right there on the. <laughs> I think he's right. I think he's got. He's approached the window of this. So I think this guy's already been canceled. His Twitter might already be. Off, I think. I think his like parole officer called him to turn his Twitter off. But, um, thanks to Kyle for that beat during the show. Appreciate that. Um, wanted to hat tip him. All right, next up, Tony. Uh, what did, did I not do? Okay. Oh, yeah, we did Lost in the Tropics. You got that yep, wrong. I did. All right. Next up is. I'm having a bad run. Uh, you're having a bad run of it. This one is called uh, Pinch of Portugal. A Pinch of Portugal. Oh, is this a beer like I've just purchased from Mountain Culture? Yeah, um, full of full of uh, them tarts there. Yeah, custody delicious Portuguese tarts that are just fucking divine. I don't think so. I think this is a woman that has just been dumped at the age of thirty-eight, um, who finds that she needs romance. From the new Portuguese um, handyman that has just come to town and puts a zest in her life that has been missing because of her philandering husband. Not that he did anything wrong, but just lacked motivation to really go out and (laughs) conquer the world. (laughs) I did just get a Portuguese handyman. (laughs) It's not making me uncomfortable. Uh, Tony, you're right. This is a movie. Well done. Pinch of Portugal. Uh, a prep cook is elevated to the spotlight on a cooking show after the celebrity chef quits. The cute Aussie cameraman plays a key role both in her love life <laughs> and work life. So, Tony, you have actually entered the picture here. Um, we have Heather Hemmins stars as Anna in this movie. Do not know who that is. Luke, I think Luke is Luke Mitchell, the... Aussie cameraman, I, I suppose he he is. So, um, he's Luke Mitchell is the Aussie cameraman. He was in the equivalent uh, of the Australian version of Days of Our Lives. He was in Neighbours. Right, so they're just picking, they're just pulling people off of soap operas for this, which makes sense. Yep. Yeah, Amy Louise Pemberton also features in this, who I believe has been in some other crap. Uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow TV series. Thank you. Um, oh, Hogwarts Legacy video game. Fuck yeah. Honestly, I love these workaday actors. I actually respect, I don't like Hallmark movies, but I do respect just the grind. Yeah, the hustle. It's... I have the, it's like Brian with with comics, right? Yes. I respect the hustle. You're going out there voicing video games and making Hallmark movies and doing every day on a soap opera for 30 years. Yep. Fucking A, man. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's some hustle right there. Anything you get out of that, you deserve, I think. Um all right, last couple here. So you got last that one right. Four. Last three. Three. I believe, right? Oh. 
Yeah, so right now you are three or seven. So you really yep. need to get some of these here. I do. Uh, let's here we go. This one, this one, maybe you can get. This one's called Prisoner of Love. I don't think they use the word prisoner on Hallmark movies. Um, mm. Unless this is about an abusive relationship um, with a prison pen pal. More of a lifetime movie, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't think so. I think this is a beer. I think um, it's referencing something else altogether. All right. Prisoner of Love is, in fact, a beer. You're right. This is from Ireland, uh, from Dublin. Uh, you know, when I was in Dublin, not exactly a brewery hub uh, for craft beer. but um, Doesn't mean, surprise me at all. It looks like they've had a few filter in over the years. This is a Cascade Pale Ale. Inspired by top quality Cascade we've been seeing, it was only right to brew a beer, specifically to let it shine. Um, normally reserved and revered for IPAs and West Coast, we decided to crack on and do a pale instead. 5.2%, a excellent rating for a 5% pale of 3.85 with almost 2,000 check-ins. Sounds like a lovely beer. Nice job to the gang over at Whiplash. We'd love to try this someday. Thank you. Uh, so you got that one. You are back in it. You have four down and four up. You have two to go. Next one is called Campfire Christmas. Campfire Christmas. Man, this one's right down the middle. I've got to be honest. This could be like a marshmallowy, small Christmas ale thing, or it could be getting handsy. Around the campfire, or it could be, <laughs> or it could be an abuse film about a scout leader that takes his troop away just before Christmas and molests them around the campfire. Um, God, I don't think it's the last one. Um, okay, but or it could be, you know, burning up your broken submarine over the campfire during the holidays after you were rescued. In the bottom of the ocean. But carbon fiber doesn't burn. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Or it's very tightly toxic if it does. Yes. The glues would burn. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with beer. Just doesn't sit right with me. Don't think it's a rash beer, but I do think it's like a celebration ale kind of beer. Okay. Interesting. Good choice. Unfortunately, that is wrong. Uh, I would have thought this is a beer, too, honestly, as on a first guess. This is, in fact, a Hallmark movie. Uh, this features Tori Anderson as Peyton. This is a great name for a Hallmark movie to have. Uh, Tori Anderson, actually, from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So, good for her. Um, we have, uh, what happens in this movie? Romance rekindles for Peyton and her closest friends during a holiday-themed reunion, which Peyton's parents decide to host in their family-owned summer camp before selling it. So this is really a summer Christmas film, uh, exactly what you want to be playing in Christmas in July. Uh, so it kind of sounds exactly like what you might have thought it was, which is all of your old high school friends got together and started uh, sucking and fucking, pretty much. I'm thinking. Sorry, I've, I've I've just been doing some chat GPT. I'll uh, send you over the uh, chat GPT shortly so you can read it out. All right. 
Great, thank you. Um, last one, Tony. You need one to break even here and not have to donate the million to the orphanage. Um, the orphanage where they will be having a summer camp reunion maybe in 15 years. Um, this one's called A Slice of Home. A slice, slice of, of home. home. This has got to be a beer, surely. Um, it's too generic to be a Hallmark movie. They not like to include a place name often or they like to have some sort of twist. I think this is a beer. Uh, I think this isn't a pastry boy but has some dessert elements, some dessert spice or something to it. So that's what I'm going with. Um, well, you got it right. It is a beer. You save yourself some a little bit of cash. Lucky you. But uh, this is you are not correct in what beer it is. It is not a pastry stout, although it does have some elements of a big beer. Uh, this is from Casa Agria Specialty Ales in collaboration with Slice Beer Company. It's a triple New England hazy IPA, 10%. Uh, big slice of home, brewed in collaboration with the homies from Lincoln, California at Slice Beer Co. This hazy triple IPA is hopped to the brink of madness with Citra, Nelson, and Mosaic Lupomax. 4.31 on 222 ratings. So, sounds like it's pretty good. People are pouring, my man here, with a full-ass cup of this 10% IPA. He is about to have a hangover. My man. So, nice job. Tony, I think we have completed all of the tasks required of us to uh, execute one Beer Engine podcast. Why don't you tell people where they can find us? They can find us on Untapped. We're checking in beers. I've got to up my game. Haven't uh, checked in that Hargrave Hill ESB. Um, but you can find us. He's Griff AD. I'm St. Moz. We check in beers. Uh, I don't tend to photograph. Don't know whether you're big into photographing um, your own stuff. You're a much better photogra- photographer than I am. I'll be counting on you to... Um, execute the rule of threes with uh with all of the good pictures we're going to take when we go to melbourne but cool okay you, you, we'll, we'll, let, we'll leave the beer f- photography to you okay um but if you found our uh, conversation scintillating or our audio less worse than phobes's you can send us a donation yeah. at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast uh you can send us an email <laughs> At gmail.com. That was beer engine show at gmail.com. And you can follow oh, us yeah, on Instagram at beer engine pod. Come to our homepage. Um, you can click on the little video game controller at the bottom. Um, and um, that'll get, grant you access to our Discord where you get to see some great beers that people are posting, um, some gambling chat, some Celsius Central chat, some pastry bot chat. Um, the fun never stops on the Discord. Yeah, hopefully we're going to get some Love This League chat this year with Big Ange, who's making some moves. Oh, my God. I'm getting very excited to for the NBA draft, too. And soon I'll be at the NBA Summer League. and getting I will be getting uh, wasted for Wemby. I don't know. Should I get drunk <laughs> at the Summer League game and yell that? <laughs> I, usually don't, I usually don't drink at the games. I usually just eat a Dairy Queen blizzard because there's a Dairy Queen in the stadium. But... Um, Maybe I'll just get wasted this year. Um, all right, Tony, that was a great recap. Uh, we Tony did just drop in a great Hallmark movie to me. 
a, a great co- concept for a Hallmark movie. So if you would like to learn about the Hallmark movie, hey, read our short show notes and learn about the movie Love in Santorini with Griff and Tony. You know this is going to be a classic. So uh, until next week, uh, we will rejoin again for more random babble. So long. We need to come up with like a catchphrase sign-off. Like the Knowledge Fight guys used to have um, I am the juiciest ice cube or um, – I'm, I'm passing on doing any sort of siete situation. I'm going to well, that out. Yeah. No, you can come up with something more original. The QAnon Anonymous guys used to be um, may the def- deep dish bless you and keep you, which I think is always <laughs> great. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. So we need I'll to come up with this. something. <laughs> oh. <laughs>